0: high altitude meets high fashion
1: today we're talking about gobcore i'm Chaz. he's brit and this is the furious curious move with me now move with And if it isn't, if it does differ in lots of different ways, then you might find yourself arriving at the style called hikercore, or to use a trendier, more up to date term, gorpcore. Gorpcore.
0: Go. Welcome
1: to GorpCore, Chaz. We have been circling this airspace We have since day dot of the Furious Curious, and it was discovered, and the reason we have been doing that yeah. is because the first pod we ever did was about NormCore. And NormCore, having peaked around 2014-15, the progeny of Normcore has lived on in different permutations. One of which is Gorpcore. Another that's one is, core. I believe, Meno Core, Grammar mm. Core. Mm-hmm. So there's several cores in Warcore. What, what's War? Oh, so hang on, no, that's it's more like military inspired. Oh, but uh, isn't there also Prep Core or, or like there was some, uh, There's another core that was interesting. qual Core. Sorry, that's what you said. Warcore. But I thought it was Q U A R C O R E. Oh, ooh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I thought that was the one we found.
0: Anyway, oh, they cut ca- well, the ca- from get, a similar plot. Get ready to get comfortable and be protected and ready for anything, right? That's <laughs> Those are the table stakes. The tent stakes, I should say. <laughs> for Gorkor. <Gorf. laughs> well done. Well done.
1: <laughs> so, um, Now, just to bring everyone up to speed. Yeah, let's tell what it is, yeah. uh, According to Jacob Gallagher of the Wall Street Journal, GORBCOR was named for the trail mix acronym that's short for good old raisins and peanuts. Mm. It represents the convergence of outdoorsy gear and more quotidian men's fashion. I remember back on college campuses, sort of early 2000s, when North Face started becoming a thing in, in fashion. And I believe at the time it was dubbed wilderness chic so um, maybe that was a forerunner to the gorp core explosion that we're seeing today um, yeah,
0: i've heard mountain chic i've heard camping glam camp core mm, yes go ahead yeah yeah
1: no i, I was just going to say it's a, a style characterized by functional outdoor wear such yeah. as fleece jackets pockets tex jackets pants and many other utilitarian styles uh it it seems to have really hit uh, hit its stride in the last uh, year, particularly within the pandemic. Like a lot of things, we talk on the Furious Curious. Mm-hmm. But what's your overall take as to uh, why this has happened?
0: You know, originally coined by New York Magazine's The Cut, May two thousand seventeen. The seeds are being planted for this type of stylistic trend, right? Yeah, I think it kind of arrived organically, kind of out of like you said. I think a lot of the the reasons for it um the forces you know are also those forces from normcore um, and we'll get into the, the reasons why but it, you know yeah i mean durable raincoats like you said you know uh, all waterproof everything velcro accessories vogue defines it like this they say mountain chic or camping glam or ugly pretty didn't know that mm. Ugly pretty uh, might be some of the words used to describe the look a mix of bernie sanders Balenciaga. And mm. your father's hiking gear can also be a good reference point, which mixes in practicality with big name labels, current shapes, and runway worthy structures. So pretty bold structures. Mm. Um is not about designer labels, cynically co-opting a outdoor look, but it's deep appreciation of genuine all other brands uh, stretching from uh, Japan's and Wander to California's Patagonia. So I I noticed a lot as I was doing this research, there's kind of this split of like, there's kind of two types. There's this kind of high brow and a little bit more mid brow, uh, yeah. so to speak. And we'll get into that. What um, what I found really interesting, Chaz, was the Japanese influence and the Swedish influence of a lot of these brands. I noticed I feel like a lot of them are from Japan or a lot of them are from Sweden or from a Nordic origin. So yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Their influence on American fashion more and more. So I thought that was interesting.
1: Yeah, well, I think those two places are sort of at the confluence of. You know well-respected global um you know manufacturing quality as well as good design precisely right. so right. i mean you know heli hansen is a norwegian brand that that's one that popped up even when i was a yeah. kid i thought wow that's just uh, it, it just seemed cool i mean it seemed like the scandinavian north face which is kind of what it has become but right. then other sort of upstart brands like um houdini which is swedish yeah yeah yeah. you mentioned and wanda um one that seems to be on the cutting edge as a german brand called acronym i looked it up and yes. oof, you know i <laughs> some of the prices you know 700 bucks for a jacket i mean which is not look look i, I wouldn't do that but i wouldn't pay that but High beasts of a certain flavor and people of a certain age are willing to, to pony up that just because the, a deep appreciation for the gear i mean you know that we talk about people who loves food you know you know highbrow food they're like foodies like these people are gearheads for yeah. outdoors gear so i mean whatever blows your hair back that's fine if that's what you want to invest your cash that's cool at least with this and we'll talk about this in the five reasons why there's something sort of worth celebrating about oh, yeah. a high quality piece of uh a high quality garment that stands the test of time
0: well i think it's and i think it's particular a cultural thing for you know just judging from what i know from scandinavia and japan there's, it's a design culture, not a designer culture. So I think yeah. that's the differentiate. There's design, well-designed, then there's designer. And we we all know about designers. We've talked about that before. The Gucci's, you know, the- yeah,
1: Prada, Alexander. Um, Prada, like right. Yeah, yeah.
0: But there's a, I think with some of these higher brow, I should say higher brow, more quality GORP core brands, there's a quiet excellence to them. And there's yeah. this interesting kind of quiet contrarianism against that kind of flamboyancy of the indulgent kind of uh fashion industry and there's a yeah. there's a push against that we'll get into that the five reasons why but there's a tension there there's a push against that just like normcore
1: right yeah no yeah. definitely and and i think the word just as you were talking then you know that jumped out to me is substance like right. h- high fashion often is not necessarily high quality i mean high fashion you know more power to it um it is it is cyclical it is an industry that fuels a you know a global economy and keeps people employed so this is not a dig but it is about fashion it is about the kind of fashion and turnover and what's in style yeah. what is right. fresh what is new what is interesting but it's not necessarily about durability right, uh, right. it's not about things that are made by you know craftspeople made to last yeah. for generations right so the fact that this has in, in a way it's been the the anti-fashion the way yes. it snuck in um, yeah. and people have embraced it ironically but and the brands themselves have responded so i think yeah. that's uh certainly we touch on that in the five reasons why did you have any other any other thoughts on that
0: well, I think the big thing is, you know, I, I subscribe to GQ and they're finally talking about this stuff because I do feel like high fashion is all built on, like you said, it's high turnover, right? It's what's, what's the next season. And that's not good for the environment. And I think as we become more socially conscious about where our food comes from, where our clothing is made, how it's made, what it's made with, yeah, you know, I think there's a growing consciousness of, hey, you know, like fast fashion and fashion, is just not good for the environment um no, yeah, what is it actually doing for us
1: it's really not it, like there's also um in many respects it's, it's throwaway fast fashion i mean it's right. literally throwaway but you know you, you have it and even things like sort of whether it's rent the runway um you can come in get your fix of looking very current and then sort of trade it in for something a little more contemporary you know so right. i think this is sort of taking on the opposite Right. um the opposite sort of you know contrarian view i have a, a story to tell about patagonia um in a little while but um why don't Let's we jump, jump in. into the five reasons why because i yeah, think yeah. there's it, it's quite a curious time why this is um why this is spiking you know we're obviously in a historically significant period
0: a furious, and, uh, furious
1: time <laughs> very much so number one reason why that yeah. we feel gorp core is spiking is the fact that it's practical yeah now you know we we touched on this a second ago you look at high fashion or, or even work fashion in tv shows like if you're watching Mad Men or if i watch any contemporary show it could be a documentary if someone has to wear a suit to work i cringe and it's not that i cringe at the look it's that i cringe because i've had jobs where i've had to do that and it was pretty unpleasant like you go oh wow if there's let's say they're a traveling salesman in a movie or like you know george clooney and up in the air he's always wearing a suit he's always at the airport i'm like oh getting on a flight getting off flight taking your jacket off i was like that is a certain flavor of hell if you ask me and i think people very slowly over the last sort of several decades started to embrace this level the level of comfort that something like gorpcore can bring to one's life and i think that the fact that this is becoming more mainstream and more acceptable means that you know hypebeast and people very fashion conscious have a stake in making it more mainstream than it is so what's your thoughts on that
0: there is this utilitarian aesthetic to it this it's kind of akin to survivalism Mm. um you know the function is Way more important than the form. The performance is more preferable than its look, its fashion. You know, i think there's always going to be a place for this like clothing that fits a purpose and does what it says it's going to be i think that's always going to be a relevant thing for men um mm. i think cause uh the the conscientiousness which we'll get into the authenticity and what a lot of these brands represent and what how they're made i think is the important thing mm. um, but i think you know you touched on it the trend lies in authenticity the senior uh Susanna tucker the senior editor at asos she says uh, gore core posits a hypothesis nothing's more stylish than clothes that aren't stylish at all kind of like mm-hmm. normcore yeah Um, it's about utility and function remember these clothes are originally designed for activities that are inherently functional uh, such as snowshoeing to your neighbors uh, in sub-zero temperatures to get a cup of sugar or chopping wood to make a fire so that's a little condescending. Now that I read that, but, um, you know, I think I, I, what she, what she, I think what she means is these are almost hyper. There's a hyper practicality to them, and I think there's something really cool about that. To me, Chaz, this is never the practicality of clothes. I've I've always been kind of like ribbed for like wearing practical clothes, and I always like was like, oh gosh, I gotta dress better. I gotta dress like more, you know, stylish. Like being from the Midwest. You know, in a in a climate that is winter six months out of the year,
1: yeah, or more.
0: Gorbcore is, is like a normal way to live. Like, I think I think you know what is called maybe crunchy or campy in the in the past, uh, with with other places, is pretty much been like a Midwest staple. I think for a while, but um, it's interesting to see how it's how, how it's moved across. I do think the theory of the practicality is that we don't, and we'll get into this more. I'll just say it now. I think the pandemic has demotivated us to really show i mean fashion is to show off right It's, it's to express yourself and yep. if we're all working from home that kind of is not as in that you can't really do that as well yeah you know yeah, you, can. you can't you're not walking down the street and and showing off so anyway i think i think that's why it's actually become more of a practical solution for people anyway it's you know that the, the high fashion has kind of lost its it's shimmer for the for the moment in this pandemic because we don't see each other as much. So, I, yeah. I,
1: I think that's absolutely true. I, I like the ASOS description of the these clothes were designed for wearing snowshoes to walk to your neighbor to get a cup of sugar. I, I, I'm not cold, sure man. how many times that has happened in the long history of people wearing Patagonia, but I, I want to say probably
0: less than 10. <laughs> well, I'll be I'll, I'll just conjecture this here like right. I think it it sounds like uh somebody it's a threat. It's a fashion threat just like normcore. Cuz I think like a lot of people who buy this stuff, they buy it for a long peri- for to, to 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 last, right? Yep. And they buy it to sustain. They're not constantly on far fetch looking for the next, you know, for the fall fashion of this. Now there's there's a group of that, sure. but this stuff is built not to last three months. It's built to last ten years. Sure. And that is a that is a direct threat to fast fashion.
1: It is. It's it's interesting that because the, oh, that's a nice wrong, segue. But... No, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. But yeah. I do think um, that's a nice segue into fat, uh, the number two reason why, which yeah, I'm yeah, calling yeah. fashion meets function. Yeah. Now I remember it was years ago. I read an article from uh, with Yvonne Chenard, who's the founder and former CEO of um, Patagonia and he mm-hmm. deliberately oh, yeah. um the, the Patagonia you know catalog was designed with that enduring sensibility in mind so he didn't want things to go too fashionable you look at photos of people wearing Patagonia in the 80s they actually don't look wildly dissimilar to how they look today so they're <laughs> the almost one colors. of the brown, yeah. yeah even the same color and yeah they'll bring back retros and throwbacks and whatever else and that's great but if you look at the, the the silhouettes are largely the same on the flip side there are brands um that are becoming that are sort of becoming more fashionable like the north face has done a recent um that they just did a partnership with gucci i believe mm-hmm. and if you think of the silhouettes and you think of the colorways um they're very much becoming sort of manner for hype beasts if that makes sense mm-hmm. so it's almost like As society has become more accepting of outdoor gear, fashion has cottoned on to this and said, "Let's make outdoor gear more fashionable. Let's just up level a bit." So it's just you know I've seen a few brands that try to do this, but I think sometimes they're a little ahead of the curve. But I do think it's if a brand like North Face is doing it, like it's that's about as mainstream a um, an outdoor brand as we're going to get. So I think a lot of them are going to jump on board.
0: Well, I think like yeah, and I designers are not good at that kind of design it's actually putting a lot of these companies that's why there is collaborations because they're you know gucci is not in the business of making a puffer jacket that you can summit Mount hood in right sure <laughs> so yep you know they're they're kind of it's not it, it's not a point of strength for them so
1: Oh, no, no. I was just going to say, that, like, jumping onto the number three reason why, yeah, I, yeah, I do yeah. think there is something interesting, certainly in the pandemic, the fact that um, a lot of... A lot of people who, you know, sort of fashion-conscious people, you know, they'd hit up the gym. They, uh, now, the gym is sort of either hikes or walks or, you know, even camping. Yeah. So, I think this out indoor-outdoor blend, I'm calling number three, uh, that lifestyle has definitely made uh, a, a new entrance into modern society. Like, I mm-hmm. saw... Someone, you know, I'm loosely connected to online somewhere, they said something like, you know, days I'd ever camped up until this year, like zero. Days I've camped in this year, 20. Oh. And it's like, wow. Like, so, I mean, if you are part of that lifestyle, it does make sense to dress for the part. I also know, you know, you sort of touched on it before, like the, the notion of a going out shirt or going out outfit, it, it just, it's less not only is it less practical it's less viable it, it sort of makes no sense to be yeah. doing that when we're sort of going between our desks and you know maybe going for a walk or a run it, like you know we've, we've, basically our work life wardrobe has become uh one and the same
0: yeah yeah that that totally makes sense what's really interesting about this is this is this is fashion linked to experience right for the physical translation and this kind of probably goes across a couple reasons why but like i think the power in is like this physical translation and the implementation of i think that's what this trend represents it's it's actually this represents experiences not just attitude yeah which i think is kind of a very core difference here
1: i i totally agree Uh, i think you know we touched on that i think it's a nice segue into the next couple of reasons why yeah yeah i'm calling this um stan worthiness now stan is a an internet word for a um essentially like a, a big fan like a <laughs> super fan um like if someone is standing something they're like you know you're a star wars stan it's, it's 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 essentially a super fan standard but i, I think there is also something more defensible, more defensible about being a stan but for the technological merits of a piece of well-made outdoor gear yeah. than just bragging about the smartphone that you bought or the you know the expensive hoodie that you bought that you might have been taking to the cleaners on and you're going to be needing a new one in a few months so i mm-hmm. think the fact that you know you've touched on the authenticity piece before I, the fact that this stuff is worth admiring and is worth sort of collecting and relishing and sort of geeking out over makes it sort of a legitimate authentic worthwhile thing to you know be a fan of
0: it fits into this category called new luxury i guess Mm. like running into i don't know if you were running into that when you were looking um yeah a little bit you know, some of these brands can be considered luxury brands, but it's not luxury like we've understood them, right? You know, luxury used to be this rarity of an object, but today, the you know, the exclusivity is not just about the price or specifically, but it's like the culture, the community, the vision of that brand, and what the individuals can express through wearing that. We'll get into that more, but I think that's a big, big thing. I know NSS Magazine said, and I'll just read this here: uh, the logo or the craftsmanship quality to not define luxury rather rather it's the brand it's the values that the brand communicates and how each individual manages to adapt them to your, to their personality if previous luxury had been a main function of expressing the social status covered within a society today it is a means of expressing one's personality and positioning oneself in a social ecosystem so it's you're wearing your values and I we can lead into the the aspirational part in a second, but it's really you're you're starting to wear your values. And I think that's a that's a very 2020, 2021 thing.
1: Yeah, I I, I totally agree with that. I think um it's a it's a great segue into number five, like, that we're calling this broadly aspirational. It's not, you know, as, as you describe, luxury a luxury brand for the sake of luxury. It's like yeah. Wearing this gear, it, it's a signifier of a robust and healthy and adventurous lifestyle. So it's not just you know sort of the '80s perhaps you know Gordon Gecko version of you know greed is good and conspicuous consumption. It's like oh no, this this person is spending their money in a way that sort of benefits their overall. You know health you know healthful lifestyle and yeah. um, you know just sort of perhaps progressive worldview and just embraces the great outdoors so in a way there is a lot more i guess badge benefit of um being a fan of go-up core than there is just being you know a fan of luxury brands in general
0: yeah, it, it exalts activities and mm. um, it, it communicates environmental conscientiousness, depending on the brand. It's a political act, a lot of people have said. This is actually yep. a political act, depending on the brand, like I said. But you know these things don't occur in isolation, so you can trace these. These are, you know, there's a philosophical through line that I think you can find about, you know, whether it's self-improvement, whether it's environmentalism, uh, whether it's, you know, emotional deliverance, whatever that, whatever that is, you know, you can see that this is a live good, do good, feel good fashion for, for, you know, the things that you, that you care about and not the things you care about, like looking like wearing like the latest trendy thing but you you're wearing what you care about and that that value is just very different than what we we're used to in in fashion and i think yep. you know patagonia is probably one of the, the heavyweights here i even saw Chaz an ad it was a patagonia ad that encouraged you to buy used patagonia from oh yeah one way so, yeah, yeah That was great yeah. That's incredible. Talk about owning your values. I mean, that's, that's, you know, there's a lot of duplicity in fashion, right? There's a yep. lot of duplicity in brands. That is like money where your mouth is, right?
1: They've, they've actually been ahead of the curve on this for yeah. a long time. And even, um, like he said, they had the don't buy this jacket, which I think came out. They ran in the New York Times. It was around, oh, geez, uh, maybe 09, I believe. And the you know, New York Times, you know, huge. It was like just a Patagonia fleece. It was full-page ad. It said, don't buy this jacket. You know, basically like, you know, keep wearing the stuff you've got. You don't need this. It was around Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a couple of years later, um, REI had opt outside and that had the dna i mean there was a huge idea because you know they have all these stores where they can shut them so they actually get out and walk around uh it had the dna of the don't buy this jacket within it so i feel like rei gets a lot of the accolades but um patagonia really started that they also had a site a microsite called the footprint chronicles where you can look at the supply chain yeah of all the all the materials that go into a certain garment from patagonia and they're basically saying "Look, we know we're not perfect but we're telling you this is what happens and we're going to work to become more efficient as we go on and then obviously the introduction of of uh worn wear uh, mm-hmm. that you mentioned i like i i could go on about this brand i i, I brought a jacket back to them after Eight years I had it, and it wasn't even broken. I was just having walked walk past. I said, oh, there was a little bit of down coming out near the the neck. And they said, oh, look, give us a look. And they go, yeah, we can credit you for this. And so, I, I just – I was actually quite emotional. I was like, I, I, this is spectacular customer service yeah. in a world that's very cynical. I, I was, I've was, i never been more impressed in my life by a brand. So, you know, shout out to Patagonia. This is not a paid endorsement. It's not just a paid just, endorsement. Um, you, put out, you put out a lot of good karma in the world, I think
0: i i'll I'll say um i got there uh, actually i didn't that you know in 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 my apartment there's like you know mail that catalogs that kind of build up down there and i just you know as somebody who's curious about stuff tries to i just look through stuff like even stuff that wouldn't interest me in general and there's a patagonia one it was like their whatever their seasonal book the thing was like the most beautiful art book like i couldn't i couldn't (laughs) like most catalogs you look at it and then you recycle it right i couldn't i I felt like throwing it away, I was like throwing away like a book. I was like, <laughs> I can't throw this away. It's too beautiful. There's too yeah. many great stories in there. The art direction, the hierarchy of the magazine, it was like, um, it was amazing. It was beautiful. And I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm going to keep this. <laughs> uh, I felt like I might as well make it a hardcover because I'm keeping it, right? So, um, <laughs> that's, anyway. that's a good story. Okay, just to recap yeah. the five
1: reasons why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number one is practical. Number two, fashion is meeting function. Number three, the indoor and outdoor blend. Number four, the standworthiness. worthiness. And number five, it's broadly aspirational. They are the five reasons why we feel Gorp core is popping right now.
0: Boom. I think what we should do is uh, for a part two, Chaz and I will walk the streets of Bushwick. We'll, we'll fly to Bushwick okay. and then we'll find the, the Gorp core crowd. And we'll ask if they want to go uh, summit Mount hood with us and see who's the real deal. Uh, the- Oh, the gcc
1: the g you want to see the gcc okay that's yeah you know me i i'd probably be willing to do that um so moving right along patron saints who've you got you get anyone
0: in particular i feel like for some reason frank ocean and asap rocky like mm-hmm. they seem to be somehow they like they just like they blew up the internet with what they were wearing so i'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna say those two guys
1: no, I, I think I think Frank has got that going on. Uh, you want to shout out to our guy um, Kanye? I, I feel like oh, he's yeah. a little bit of a yeah, trailblazer, he, totally. yeah. in, in this field. Um, I feel like someone like Jonah Hill actually, who um, oh, yeah. has has become somewhat of a style icon. You know, he's he's quite, quite a cool right? way. Well, he's trimmed up, but he's still like he's still like not trim. You know, like he's still like a kind of beefy guy and that's not a knock but i do think he's more he's not um like the henry cavill in in superman you know that absolutely ripped and, and chiseled or you know aquaman which, what's that guy's name jason Momoa. Mm-hmm. so i think the fact that um jonah hill has become like he's been very fashion forward and sort of certainly wears a lot of Gorpcore. uh it's kind of reassuring and i guess you know is that move towards fashion fashion becoming more accessible for more people so that's uh it's a good rumor. little story
0: there's that rumor that he's got a uh, adidas deal uh. i kept seeing like I, when i was looking at Gorpcore, Gorpcore, i was like i was seeing all this like jonah hill adidas rumor because he was like picture with these adidas like all you know he wears like kind of capsule now so like yeah yeah it's all like black athleisure but then he's like popping adidas but like they don't exist and uh, was like clear that he was showing off the shoes and then there was a couple other events where he was wearing these and you know that's how you create rumors right that's yeah. how you get two lads talking about it like us <laughs> fair enough right uh so who have you got for sonic embodiment i've always so as a midwesterner i've always associated like camp wear kind of outdoor wear with like a s- granola culture. And I know that sounds like a pejorative. It's not. So I was going like, I just goes, this is just comes to my mind. Like I was going like old school Indigo girls. I was going like Sarah McLaughlin. Mm. I don't know why. It's so bad. But that's all I got. That's all I got. You know, maybe, closer to closer to is one some, uh, fun is maybe throw some, maybe throw some, uh, Whalen Jennies in there. Jenny. Oh, there you go. Yeah what do you got
1: uh you know interesting tidbit on waylon jennings
0: jenny you know- or the or the the female trio oh sorry the guy i was thinking the guy oh was, the waylon Jennings is a, oh. tr- a female trio oh Both. i didn't know that they're good uh, hey, waylon tell me about waylon jennings
1: he was i believe going to be on the plane the day the music died Ooh, the um you know richie valens buddy holly and the big bopper upper, died yeah. and i believe Waylon was meant to be on that flight And one of those he either couldn't make the flight or one of them took it instead of him yeah. like you know that he you know it wasn't like forced he basically said no i can't make it take my ticket so um yeah really you know dodged a bullet um wow you know not to, not to be a downer but uh so just to make it a little more uplifting uh r.i.p uh to the those three wonderful musicians uh i had flare guns by an artist from detroit called quinn 92 it's this sort of melodic uplifting kind of tune uh, sort of in a way a a little bit of a love ballad but at the same time he's if you look at him he, he kind of looks like an everyman he he sort of he's a bit of a uh, Gorp core aficionado himself. So he's one I thought of when, um, for the Sonic Embodiment.
0: Focus on you in the light. It helps me feel my emotions. Why are we at such a distance? Find ourselves so out of frame. This love, stay calm in the night. You help me heal and reopen. Why are we drifting away from everything we wanted to save? i told you I'd be gotcha there you go no no social questions this week what is your favorite is patagonia your favorite um like if you really if you really just went full gorp like what where would you where would you throw your wallet
1: yeah i'd probably full go- i mean uh for different things i like i like patagonia this is uh new zealand brand there's a couple of new zealand brands one called icebreaker one called katmandu i have a couple of their things which are quite nice yeah, I li- like some North Face stuff, uh, but Patagonia is probably my general go-to. What about you?
0: Oh, dude, Icebreaker, yeah. I saw they had a. Oh yeah, you were They there. had a. They had a retail store in the Queenstown Airport.
1: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me.
0: It was gorgeous stuff. A lot of good storytelling in there. Like it was a really beautiful. Yeah, really quality stuff. I mean, it's not cheap, but
1: yeah. Yeah, uh, they had they actually had a store in Portland for a while. I don't know if they still have it up there, but they did have their North American presence up in Portland.
0: Mm, that's cool. I don't know. I don't really have a loyal one. Um, I am brand loyal typically, but not here. I do love um for a lot a lot of hiking stuff. I do like uh I don't know how you even say it. Vauri? Vuari? Are you familiar with them? Vuari? How, how do you spell it? V u o r i. They have a, a presence. Oh yeah, It's a like one.
1: a new. That's like a new, newer brand, right?
0: I think so. Yeah, 2013. Yeah. They have a the thing called a ripstop pant that, like, I have like a couple, and I absolutely love those. They fit. They fit really well. They give you a little extra clearance in the chassis, if you know what I'm saying. Um, they sound. They sound very comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's been um, a long day. Um, That's good. That's good. That's all I got for Gore man. Short and sweet. So you are listening to The Furious Curious, hosted and produced by me, Britton Rice, and my esteemed colleague here, Charlie Quark, from San Francisco, California, and elsewhere sometimes. And
1: make sure you follow us on Instagram at the underscore furious underscore curious and on Twitter at the FRSCRS we welcome your comments in constructive feedback as well as suggestions for what to do next we're getting a few really good suggestions we're yeah. looking forward to keeping that um gravy train rolling so please send some in we're looking forward to we you know we've got a few guests queued up for this year so we're excited to bring bring more on if there's something you would like to talk us about please reach out and uh yeah we'll entertain having you on if the fit it is right
0: yeah we're an open net and uh we don't respond to bribes unless it's unless it's corp wear speak I'm a, for yourself i'm a large i think we're both a large yeah we're yeah. both large yeah yeah yeah. Uh, so large that's large across the board generally speaking um we'll leave it at that uh <laughs> kidding not kidding uh but until next time stay curious out